0: Welcome to this episode of CTU Speaks, favoring fair tax.
1: Homie, I was taught by a Chicago teacher, Chicago teacher, Chicago teacher. I learned to read and write from a Chicago teacher, so I'm inspired by the fight from our Chicago teachers.
0: I am your co-host, Andrea Parker,
1: and I'm Jim Staros.
0: Today, we're going to talk about favoring fair tax. In our last episode, Jim and I had some candid conversation, dispelling the myths of the fair tax. There is so much false information going out out there, so you won't vote the right way. But we want you to vote in favor of the fair tax. And again, simply put, um, the fair tax is simply making sure that those who are richer pay their fair share. We want a progressive tax system in Illinois. Currently, we are under a flat tax with everybody pays the same and so we're just saying that those who make more should pay a little bit more to make sure that we all get the services that we need
1: that's exactly right today we've got some really cool guests we've got commissioner brandon johnson one of my favorite people of all time and we've also got our the senator from portage park where i currently live right now our state senator robert martwick he was the sponsor of the fair tax bill when he was in the state house. And now he is really pushing hard to get this passed into law in Illinois. Yes.
0: Yeah, so come November 3rd, we are hoping that you all vote in favor of the fair tax. Well, as you listen to our guests, you will understand why we should do that. Um, and just let us put the power together because this affects everybody, yeah, but does. the increase only affects 3% of Illinoisans. This is not a federal tax increase um, for the 3%, just a state tax yep. increase. And so the not 97% of us, ta- our taxes will not go up. It will remain the same or it will be lower. That's right. It does not affect uh, retirees. Nope. Their taxes are not going to go up. So again, uh, we're going to let our guests dispel those myths. So tune in.
1: That's right. And before we get to that, a couple things I wanted to talk about. If you remember uh, a bunch of episodes ago, almost a year ago now, we were in the wonderful studio of Ben Jarofsky. You remember that?
0: Of course I remember.
1: Yeah. And you got to talk about your boyfriend, Aaron Rodgers, how much you love him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So we'll, tell
0: our audience who um, Ben Jarofsky is, just in case they don't know.
1: Ben Jarofsky, he's a columnist for the uh, Chicago Reader. He mm-hmm. is also a podcast host. He's on every day and has a lot of really good information about politics and economic issues here in the city. Now, mm-hmm. one of the things, if you remember, he kind of gave us, you and me, a little bit of crap because we were down there during the strike and we were talking about TIFs. I think, in fact, that's what the episode was called, tackling TIFs or talking TIFs or something like that. Right. And he gave us a little bit of crap. He said, how come the CTU is only worried about TIFs when it's time for a contract.
0: Okay, Jim, and that's another thing. Can you educate our audience
1: on what a TIF is really quickly? You know what, that's a good point. So a TIF, (laughs) you are right. Thank you, Ms. Parker. We're teachers, and
0: that's what we do, because we wanna make sure all our audience members knows what we're talking about.
1: That is exactly right, and that's a good point. So a, a TIF, it stands for Tax Increment Financing, and what this does is it takes a little bit of the money that should be generated out of the local area, and puts it in a separate category. Now, in theory, that was supposed to be used for improving the local community. However, because of a lot of weird rules and laws surrounding TIFFs, and there's not a lot of loopholes. Yeah, yeah, loopholes, thank you. Mm -hmm. That money can be diverted to a lot of different things. And one of the things we were talking about with Ben at the time was the financing of the Lincoln Yards project, where they took $1.2 billion, billion with a B, billion dollars, out of the money that should have gone to Chicago to give to wealthy real estate developers. Why does that matter? Because the services around the city that should be funded with that money are now being funneled to other organizations, private organizations who don't necessarily need the money. So a lot of the money that people were saying that we needed that should have been coming to Chicago Public Schools went to these TIF districts instead. And I just heard in the news the other day, and this was something that was done over the summer, it was done somewhat quietly, They didn't have a big hurrah about all this. Of course not. Right. But the mayor decided she was going to renew some of these TIF districts for up to 20 years. 20 years? So what this means is that for the next however long, and some of the districts were different amounts of time, for however long these TIF districts are set up, a certain percentage of money will be taken out of those property taxes and be given to these pet projects for the mayor or for whoever else they want to give it to. All right. Now they could do the right thing and just give this money back to the community, but they don't do that. Literally billions of dollars are coming out of the money that should be funding Chicago services and going to these developers. So I just wanted to say this because I thought about it the other day and I knew we were doing this on fair tax and how money's got to be reappropriated. And it made me think of the episode with Ben. Ben, I know you're, you're an avid listener, even though Ms. Parker likes Aaron Rodgers. He still likes to listen to us. So I want to say this is CTU talking about TIFFs, and it is not a contract year. So I just want to put that out there.
0: So maybe we have to do another episode on like fair TIFFs. And then we should have like, you know, some compare and contrast. like this is how much money went to like Chicago Public Schools from TIPS or this is how much money went to Englewood neighborhood for TIPS. And this is how much money went to Lincoln Yards or some private firm. And just see like, so when next time you get money from TIPS and you think it's like only $700,000, you think that's so grandiose. Look at somebody may get a billion dollars from TIPS who may not need it. And so we need to do like a side by side comparison of that.
1: Just a show, Chicago, what that looks like. I think we should also, we should probably, we should get Ben back on the show and mm-hmm. have him talk about it again. Because last time he he seemed kind of depressed about the idea of TIFFs and that we could ever fight him off. But I think maybe we should have him back and come up with some kind of plan. I bet he would know this off the back of his hand because he, he know all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. And I would be depressed as well. Unfairness is depressing.
1: It is. But what is not depressing is our guests that we have for the show today.
0: That's right, because they're fair.
1: They are fair. And when you when you listen to the, the interview with our guests, the audio from Senator Martwick is a little garbly for about a minute at first. It gets significantly better. But he was on the way back from a session in Springfield. So he was out there fighting for our rights, fighting for our fair tax. And he wanted to make sure he could be on the show. So he... Uh, Apparently, there's a little dead zone right outside of uh, Springfield that he hit there for a second. But don't worry, it, uh, it only lasts for a few seconds and, uh, and we get better. And then we'll hear all kinds of great information on the fair tax from Brandon Johnson and Robert Martwick. Here we go. All right. So we're here now with Robert Martwick. He is a member of the Illinois Senate representing the 10th District and Brandon Johnson, Cook County Board Commissioner of the 1st District. How are you guys doing today?
2: I'm great, Jim. Thanks for having me. Uh, really uh, happy to be a part of this discussion.
3: I'm doing very yes. well. Really looking forward to the conversation today. Always a pleasure to be um, in, in good company with uh, State Senator uh, Rob Martwick.
0: Yes, I am so excited that you all are here today because we finally got something um, that we're going to put on um, the ballots in November, a fair tax, um, something that Illinois has been craving for for a very long time. Uh, We've been under this um, flat tax and we are tired of it and we definitely want a fair tax with a richer Pay their fair share. So I'm just so thankful for Senator Markwick um, that you sponsored the Fair Tax Amendment when you were in the House. So how does the Fair Tax work, and who is impacted by this? What
2: the Fair Tax does is, uh, and, and thank you for that. It was really an honor to be the, uh, the chief sponsor of this initiative. It's something I ran on in 2012, and to see it come to fruition was really very yes. exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, so you know the, what the Fair Tax does is it says that it, 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 it eliminates our, our constitutional requirement that we have a flat tax mm-hmm. and allows us to implement a more fair tax system, just like 34 other states in the federal government already do, that taxes people based on their ability to pay, based on their income. Illinois currently has one of the most regressive tax systems in the country. We tax people who are middle-class and working-class Way higher than we do any than than most other states do. In fact, people making thirty seven to sixty three thousand dollars a year, we tax higher than any other state in the country. Mm-hmm. Wow. Meanwhile, the, the people in in the highest strata that people making more than than the top one percent and those who can least who, who can most afford to pay, we're taxing them quite less than we should. And so this. Allows us to bring some bear, some fairness, some balance to our system. And uh, the way it works is that it reduces tax rates on everyone making two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year or less. And if you make more than that, then you see a slightly higher rate on up to a million dollars a year.
1: Wow. Well, that does definitely does not seem like that is too much of a burden on Illinois's working families. In fact, it seems like it relieves quite a bit of the burden that's on Illinois working families from the way you're explaining it. Well, that's,
2: that's, that's exactly the point of it is that, you know, when, when we hear the, this talk about people who leave Illinois, well, the vast majority of those people that are leaving are the average income is $70,000 a year. These are middle-class people who have far too high of a tax burden. And at the same time, every time we raise their tax burden, we wind up cutting those things because we don't have enough money so we raise taxes on them and then we cut the services that give them opportunities for them and their families to get ahead access to ha- quality education, K through 12, access to a quality higher education that you can actually right. afford, uh, it, you know critical health services, um, a citizen, a services for senior citizens. So it's no wonder that those people say, I can't make it in Illinois. I've got the highest tax burden in the country and I'm not getting anything for my money. And so right. we need to reverse that trend, give them a little bit of relief and ensure that we have the revenues to invest in those things that give them and their families an opportunity to get ahead.
0: Good. Thank you, Senator Martwick, for just um, dispelling the myth that the fair tax will force uh, middle-class people to leave uh, because that's not really the flat tax is what's forcing uh, middle-class residents to leave our state.
1: Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yes. So, Brandon, why does Chicago and Illinois need this fair tax and why why is it especially relevant to teachers to support this fair tax?
3: Well, I think Senator Martwick, you know, again, first of all, thank you, Senator Martwick, for your leadership um, and your commitment to this effort. Um, it is well past due um, when you have millionaires and billionaires paying the same tax rate um, as working class families and low income families. That, that's a tragedy. It re- really it's a it's a racist system that has to be um, eliminated you know one of the things that are that's actually quite critical in this moment is about the investment in the services that all of us in illinois rely upon um, investments in our public schools, um, particularly here in chicago um, where there's been um, a very intentional um, effort to defund public education and the result of The attack against public education and not having the necessary resources and the political will to invest um, in public education, as an example, um, has been massive school closures. You've seen um, this ominous attack against um, public employees, which are overwhelmingly women, but black women in particular, have been harmed by the, the the defunding of our public accommodations, but particularly our schools. And so the reason why we need this uh, fair tax structure is so that we can reverse this um, attack against not just public education, but public employees, where we can fund the vital services that are so needed um, in our communities. And that's everything from reducing class sizes, making sure that there are social workers, and counselors in every school, nurses. There's so many issues that we need to address within our public space that a fair tax would allow us to move in a direction that begins to set us up for um, the the next generation, quite frankly, allows us to set them up uh, for, for a much more equitable structure. The last thing that I'll say is that again, I think it's important that we recognize that as working class And middle class families are being forced out of the city of Chicago and Cook County. Um, That's happening because of the disinvestment in the public space. I'll say it again public employees, which are overwhelmingly women, that avenue has made the middle class life available for black families and for brown families. A fair tax will help us stabilize the economic base of these communities that have experienced tremendous disinvestment over the course of the last at least 30 years.
0: Thank you, Commissioner Johnson, for that. I know that you are definitely passionate about this fair tax. I I uh, came to your virtual rally um, over the summer uh, when you um, did that fair tax rally. And it was awesome. So just thank you for that. And we're going to talk later about how we can allow Uh, more citizens to be involved in this. But I do want to ask this question. We have seen many commercials, uh, and we heard several arguments opposing fair tax. Uh, Of course, we think they're bogus. So can you all clarify a few things? So you already clarified, does the fair tax force people leave Illinois? And that answer is no. Um, But what about, does the fair tax impact retirement income? And does the fair tax give new powers to the general, General Assembly? Can we... Just clarify those things for people who are still skeptical about voting in favor of fair tax.
2: So, yes, uh, it, there has been a, a certainly a concerted effort on behalf of the opposition to the fair tax. And unfortunately, it really doesn't deal with facts. It, it deals with the distortion of the facts. And, and they're just not true. But that should tell you, you know, that they can't, they, they can't beat the fair tax on the facts. So they, they're coming up with these whoppers, I like to call them. And so let me deal with the first one, which is um, retirement tax, that this would somehow or another open the door to retirement tax. Not only is that not true, it's actually counterintuitive. And if you'll give me a second, I'll explain that. So first of all, the fair tax does nothing in terms of making it easier to tax a retirement income than we already have the ability to do. And we don't do it, right? And the fair tax certainly doesn't add a tax to retirement income. It does not. However, let me point this out. Because of the pandemic and because of our financial problems in Illinois, we have a huge budget hole. And if we don't pass the fair tax, we're going to need to find revenue from somewhere. And what that's going to lead to is either a massive increase in our flat tax, which will disproportionately, once again, affect the middle class, working class, and poor families of our state. And I tell you, no politician wants to do that. Or you will have to find new revenue. And I've gotten to the point where I tell people, look, if, if you are worried about taxing retirement income, then you better vote for the fair tax because what that will do is allow us to raise revenue in a fair manner from people who can afford to pay it right. without taxing retirement income. But if we if it fails, we may have no other choice left but to go to the one pool of revenue that we have not touched yet in the state and that's retirement income. So so wow. it is a it is wrong that the fair tax taxes retirement income that is a straight up lie I'll say that it does not tax retirement income it doesn't open the door it doesn't make it any easier or harder to tax if we pass it but if it fails it's far more likely that we'll be forced to tax retirement income than if it passes so wow. uh, that, that is the, the biggest myth out there um, wow. I would also point out that it does not make it any easier for us to raise or lower tax rates in in fact, The truth of the matter is, is that the vast majority of states who have fair tax systems that have graduated rates, find themselves in a position where they lower rates more than they raise them. And so that's because it creates a more modern tax system that can keep up with the growth in the economy. And you wind up with your revenues, uh, keeping pace with your expenses and your debts, and you don't have to keep going back for tax increases. And many states have found themselves digging themselves out of their holes, and actually reducing rates in the near future. And that could be a possibility for
3: Illinois. I think it's an important question, you know, Andrea, as well as an important dynamic here to not only dispel the myths, but to highlight who's behind it. You know, the same interests that are um, against this fair tax structure um, that would, again, put our state on the path to solvency and particularly around how we invest in public housing and and education and job creation. These are the same individuals who were responsible for the funding of the school closures. These are the same individuals who are against this fair tax, our interests that wanted more schools to close, that want to see uh, government privatized. These are the same individuals that are opposed to corporations being held accountable. Um, these are ultra millionaires and billionaires um, that have been able to line their pockets off the backs of working class families. And so you have someone like Ken Griffin, who has Um, incredible influence politically. Um, He has been a strong supporter of Rahm Emanuel. He has been a strong supporter of Bruce Rauner. Bruce Rauner was an enemy of labor. Um, He has unfettered access to the mayor of Chicago, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. He spent $20 million, $20 million of his own money fight against a progressive tax structure that would bring our our state into a place of solvency and equity. And so not only are these myths um, wrong and um, irresponsible, they're being supported by the billionaire and millionaire class that benefit from our state um, in a state of financial despair. And the only way in which we can move our state forward um, in a in a in the most progressive way, is requiring individuals who have millions of dollars to work against a graduated income tax to actually pay their fair share.
2: And Brandon, I, I and I, I want to appreciate you putting that into context because um, you, you call them the millionaire billionaire class. Um, I call them the the resource hoarder class, right? I mean, hey. these are people who have spent a lot of money lobbying the federal government for tax changes that allow, we saw Bruce Rauner when he was governor report $60 million of income and his effective tax rate for federal taxation was 9%. Wow! And, and so, you know, they've changed all the laws to benefit themselves and they're not returning those resources to society in a productive way. They're hoarding it. And, and, and this is not in any way, shape or form, any sort of punishment to them. All it's doing is saying, look, The scales are already so unbalanced in your favor. We're not even asking to balance them and make them equal. That would be wonderful, but we're not even doing that. We're just asking you to pay a little bit more and get a little bit less of a benefit than you're already getting, but you'll still have the greatest deal in town. And I, I don't think that's too much of a stretch to ask in order to accomplish the things that Brandon pointed out are so important to our society and our state moving forward.
1: You know, we, we've talked a lot on this show about how budgets are moral documents and show how a community and how a society values um, people both at the top and the bottom of the economic ladder. And Brandon was on the show a couple of times before, and we, we've talked about this. And it's frustrating to see that the, the wealthy in the state and in the country are paying effectively a third of what the working, and, working class and poor are paying, and that they're spending so much money to convince the working class people that they should vote against their own interests. Because from what you you were saying, Senator Martwick, is that the taxes are going to have to go up on someone here to balance our budget and make us back to fiscal responsibility. And that if we don't have a fair tax, that this tax is going to be increased on everyone either directly or indirectly through cutting services.
2: Yes. And and that's exactly right. And, and, You know, it's the classic uh, throw the pebble in the pond and watch the ripples. And Mm -hmm. so as the the state grapples with this massive budget hole and how we fix it, um, we will inevitably, as you said, we will raise taxes on those that can least afford it. At the same time, cutting services that they so critically need in order to be healthy, in order to get a quality education, in order to have opportunities to to lead a a dignified life and, and retirement. We will cut all of those. And then as we also make cuts in the budget, we will cut services that people at a local level will say, well, we we, we can't do without those. So they will start increasing property taxes on a local level, which again, we already know, makes our system even more regressive because of course, the less you make, the less you have, the greater your housing expenses are. And so property taxes inordinately affect you. So by not right. passing the fair tax, it's not that we won't—we're not making the system any fairer, but we will make it even more regressive, even more unfair than it is currently if the fair tax doesn't pass.
3: Well, I believe to Senator Martwick's point, you know, half of the residents in Cook County uh, who rent cannot afford to pay rent, and so when we when we talk about the, the shifting of the burden in order to fund, again, critical services that people rely upon. And that's everything from our public schools to our public libraries, public transportation. Um, all, all of these entities require an investment. We recognize um, as residents of the state of Illinois, the value of, of these institutions and particularly public accommodations. Now we have to demonstrate that we value them by investing in an equitable way. If we do not have a progressive or fair tax structure that's modern, that again, generates the revenue that's necessary from those who are making over $250,000 a year, you know, let's be clear, you know, we're talking about individuals who make over $250,000 a year. And once they hit that point is when the tax rate and the structure changes. 97% of the rest of us uh, will either experience a cut or remain the same. If if, if we want to make sure that people can afford to live in the state of Illinois, you have to relieve the, the local burden of relying upon property taxes as the only means to generate revenue in order to fund vital local services. There's an opportunity here that we have as a state and, and that's why, of course, I am enthusiastically uh, supporting uh, this structural change.
0: Uh, so, why is fair tax so important now with the, this with the pandemic and the movement for racial equity?
3: The, the first thing you know, we have to recognize is that the impact that this crisis has had on communities of color are quite glaring. Um, the disproportionate number of individuals that have died and have gotten sick. During this pandemic, of course, they're overwhelmingly black and brown individuals with pre existing conditions. And in many cases, these pre existing conditions are directly related and tied to the reality of the the health gap and the opportunity gaps that continue to to grow and exacerbate in this very cruel and wicked economy. So when you have communities like mine that I represent on the west side of Chicago, well, Garfield Park has been described as a developing nation because the violence as well as the, the poverty per capita is, is is akin to that of a developing country. When the life expectancy between those who live on the west side of Chicago and those who live downtown Chicago is 20 and in some cases 30 years, that the, the, the gross inequities that have existed in this state for so long, we have to come to terms with how government has not done its part to ensure equity and justice for families who have been marginalized for decades. You know, quite frankly, it's actually quite disturbing, you know, Jim and Andrea, when you think about the work that we do as educators, we absorb all of that in our classrooms. We see what poverty looks like. We know what homelessness looks like. Poverty is one of the most isolating matters that exists within our, our purview and how cruel and wicked it can be. And so, the the regularly scheduled pandemic of structural racism, as well as the, the pandemic of COVID-19, has certainly made the level of stress and anxiety um, you know, a tremendous burden for many families. And so having a fair tax structure will help us address many of those things, particularly around expanding health care, mental health clinics that will be necessary as we confront trauma making sure that people have access to, to quality food and gro- grocery stores that allow for families to, to afford quality food. That's why it's so critical here, because the life expectancy of so many residents of Cook County and other counties throughout this state, whether you are in Chicago or, or East St. Louis or Tams, Illinois, or or, or in, in the north areas like Rockford, Um, We have to address the regularly scheduled pandemic, which, of course, is structural racism. And then, of course, this global pandemic of of the lack of health care and the fair tax structure will begin to move us in a direction to address both of those areas.
0: So we do pass this fair tax uh, and it becomes law. How can advocates ensure the the billions of dollars, I think on three billion in average, uh, will be used on the services that. Have been asked for, like education, like healthcare, and things of that nature.
2: Well, i i, I can I can answer that because um, when we looked at the current situation in Illinois um, with the pandemic and the federal government's inability to act to give us any sort of relief to our state budget, Governor Pritzker himself said that. We, without federal assistance and without the Tax, we could very well be back to the table to cutting K-12 education. Now, this is three short years after we passed a reform of the way that we fund education and committed to increasing spending on, on K-12 education by $350 million a year. Three short years after that, we could be forced back to making cuts to K-12 education because we can't afford it. And so the, the you know, and, and what a horrible, horrible thing to read that, that that's how bad that hole is in our budget. Um, so again, how do we know that the fair tax will go towards things that we need like education? Well, we, we made this quest to create a more equitable system of education in Illinois by funding it based off of the evidence-based formula, which assesses the needs of communities and, and gets money at the front end to the schools, the districts that need the most including Chicago public schools. And yet three short years later, we could, we could have to go back on that promise because we can't afford it. So we need this. It will get there. What, what Brandon was just talking about as he answered the, the last question, um, you know, we see that. We see that Illinois, because of the fact that for so long, we had this exceptionally low flat tax. When we right. got into financial troubles, we immediately cut the services that are so critical to those uh, communities that have challenges, we close mental health centers, we close uh, public schools in the most disadvantaged neighborhoods. With the last thing we need to do is put ourselves in a position where we're gonna be back there again.
3: Andrea, it's such an important question. I, I, I believe that it's it's critical that those of us who believe in organizing that we have to continue that front. Um, you know, Senator R- Martwick is absolutely right. Um, there are evidence, evidence-based models um, that we are using. And it still requires us to organize and to hold um, our our government leaders accountable. One of the things that we've done at the county level through this pandemic is that as the CARES Act dollars have come through, um, we've established an equitable lens. And that lens allows us to factor in many different things as we release dollars into uh, villages across Cook County. And so we base it not just on population, but where there's been a disproportionate impact. I believe that we have to continue to use that type of lens. Um, neighborhoods that have been deeply impacted by uh, decades of failures—that's where the priorities um, have to lie. No, definitely. I think it's you know it's really interesting the way you guys
1: show that there's this overlap of. Issues of housing, of jobs, of education—all in the neediest parts of the state and the city—and the fair tax hits all of these things in a very important way, generating the revenue we need to improve services in those areas, while uh, proportionally kind of lowering the taxes on the people who are directly affected by those
3: situations. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, you know, Jim, this is. Um, An opportunity for working class families and low income families to finally win something that a vote for this fair tax is a start in the right direction. But it becomes uh, a win for working families. Look, everybody knows how difficult it is to 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 raise a family um, when you're trying to make the ends meet, Um, whether it's, you know, grocery bills or, you know, paying for a car note or paying for childcare. You know, I know at one point my wife and I were spending about $12 to $1300 a month just on childcare. And when you think about individuals who are not making $15 an hour, how do you expect families who are barely making a minimum wage to work every single day and not have enough to pay rent or pay for childcare? That that's a broken wicked system that people like Ken Griffin who want to keep that status quo, we have to defeat that. And by defeating that, it sets us up for the the next set of fights, which is what Andrea alluded to earlier, is making sure that we hold these dollars accountable to the neighborhoods who need it the most.
0: And so how can people get involved and make it law in November?
3: You know, Andrew, I think the first thing is people have to say that they support it. If you're voting for the investments of that our neighborhoods need again, you know, from the top of the state, you know, to, to, to central Illinois to southern Illinois, you're supporting this. Let people know, making sure that your friends and family members who are voting in this election, that they know to answer that question and to vote in the affirmative. Of course, they can continue to hold, um, you know, um, uh, zoom, uh, house meetings, as we like to call them to inform people of, of, of the importance of this vote. Um, but I, I really believe that the key thing over the next, you know, month and a half or so is to, to take it to social media, take these conversations uh, to your family and let them know that after they get done voting Donald Trump out, that that ballot isn't over. They they got to go all the way down the ballot and make sure they answer yes uh, to uh, shifting uh, the burden away from poor folks and working class folks and asking wealthy folks to do a little bit more.
2: Yeah, and, and I want to echo those se- sentiments too. I mean, it's amazing to me. Um, I have conversations. and In fact, today, I, my mother texted me and said, hey, I'm, I'm, some of my friends have called me and they're worried that this is going to tax retirement income. And so I explained to her how it's not going to tax retirement income. And, you know, I think if, if, if people listening to this podcast want to get involved, I would reach out to the, uh, the vote yes for fairness. Uh, uh, you can find them on the web. Uh, this is the, uh, the group that's been organized to promote it and they will set you up and you can hold little town halls. They will give you the resources. They will have someone beyond the, the call with you, but that's what it's going to take. It's going to take all of us to dispel the myths that are out there and let people know why this is in their best interest. And, you know, that, that's our responsibilities. That's all of our responsibilities. Those of us who know that we, that this is going to be a good thing for Illinois, we need to, you know, we need to pick up that, that ball and we need to carry it and and get it across the goal line together because uh, this is, uh, uh, this is too important for Illinois. And and as I said, it's not just do we make Illinois better or does it stay the same? That's the false narrative. The question is, is do we go forward or do we go really dramatically backwards to more cuts to the things that we need and higher taxes on the people who can't afford it? Because there's no middle ground. There's no staying the same in Illinois. It's better or worse. And we need people to choose better. We need people to vote yes on the fair tax. And by the way, just a little thing that'll make you feel a little bit better. Um, Brandon, it's not at the bottom of the ballot this time. It's at the top of the ballot. It will be the what? first question you vote on even before nice. the, of the United States. So wow. let people know wow. that first question is the fair tax. Focus on it, vote yes, and then take care of Donald Trump. Get rid of him.
1: <laughs> well, that would be a fantastic one-two punch in November, wouldn't it? Fair tax and no Trump. And I want to thank you guys for being at the forefront of this fight for equality and justice throughout Illinois. And uh, we're going to put some of those links up in the show notes for this episode. And, you know, I, I went myself to the fair tax calculator because I just wanted to see what it was going to be. And, you know, I kept putting in like, what if I made this much money? What if I made this much money? And I'm like, wow, it's very clear about how much you're going to be uh, paying in taxes if you'll be paying more or less. And I would end up paying $167 less under the fair tax. So it it works for everybody. And when I put in, when we hit the $250,000 mark, I think it went up $37. So if I can get my salary raised $250,000, I am glad to kick in another 37 bucks. I think that'd be fine.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And here's the kicker, right? And again, you're comparing the fair tax to the situation we have. And that's, That's the one problem with the calculator that I don't like about it is it compares the fair tax to the flat tax we have. Mark my words, if the fair tax fails, we will need, I don't know what will pass, but we will need a 6.5% flat tax. So the savings are even, they're substantially greater than what shows here. And the income uh, threshold is substantially higher because a 6.5% flat tax will also apply to someone making $300,000 and 400000 and $500,000 right. a year. So everyone will see a tax increase if we don't pass the fair tax.
1: No, that's a great point. I think, um, I think I remember the governor said that if, if this didn't pass, that taxes would have to go up by, was it 25% or something like that? I can't remember exactly what it was, but it would be across the board. So either everybody pays or just the top 3% pay. It seems like a no-brainer to me. Unless you're one of the 3% like Ken Griffin,
3: who's apparently $20 million mad about it. Yeah, absolutely right. right. And um, I do appreciate, again, the conversation. I would just also flag, um, this is a shameless plug, that Senator Martwick is the only person on this episode that has ever appeared on my show. So Jim and Andrea... (laughs) Uh, I know you all are big time now, but I do have my own <laughs> show and it's been running for a very That's long
0: time. That's not true. I appeared on your show, Brandon, when you was on uh, WVON. I was,
3: yeah, I'm talking about the new one, Andrea. I, I knew you were going to say that. I'm talking about where I am now that you nor Jim have appeared. I'm not interested in Eric. Have you
0: invited us?
3: All the time. You have an open invitation. Oh, okay. all right. <laughs> all right. We'll remember that. Hey, Eric, put it in the books there. So there you go. WCPT, 8.20 a.m. Sunday mornings with Brandon Johnson from 9 to 10 a.m. Make
0: sure you have hair makeup on deck. OK.
3: <laughs> yeah, for me, too, especially.
0: Yeah, especially the hair.
1: Yeah. Thanks.
2: You know, before we leave, I, I want to throw one thing out to you, uh, your listeners um, as they're asking what they can do. If they're interested in putting together a group of people and they would like the sponsor of the Fair Tax to answer questions, um, schedule permitting, and I will do everything I can to make my schedule permit. I will appear on anyone's Zoom conference and personally answer questions about the fair tax if that helps between and election day. So just reach out to me via my Facebook page. You can find me at at Senator uh, Robert Martwick, or you can call my office 773-286-1115. And uh, I will arrange it that I appear in a Zoom conference and answer questions for you and
1: your family members, and your friends to help pass this fair tax. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Senator.
0: Well, thank you all so much. Thank you so much, Commissioner, Commissioner Johnson and Senator Marwick for coming on CTU Speaks. It was definitely an honor to have you. It is our responsibility uh, to move Illinois forward and pass this fair tax. So, yes, November, is. I believe it will be law, and hopefully we'll have you and Commissioner Johnson back to talk about this win.
1: That's right. I, I look forward to that. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of CTU Speaks with myself and Miss Parker talking about the fair tax with our wonderful Cook County Commissioner and state senator
0: yes and if you want to continue to listen to ctu speaks where we only speak what matters we are on every podcasting platform and we are on alexa and google just say alexa play ctu speaks and it will speak also if you have any questions common concerns or ideas please not hesitate to reach out to us by phone at 312-467-8888. I'll say it again, 312-467-8888. And we also have an email address at ctuspeaks at ctulocal1.org. Jim, anything else for our listening audience?
1: Well, I think they should like us on Facebook and Twitter and All kinds of other things. I don't really do a lot of social media, as you can tell, so I don't know. But if there's other ones, put it on there, too. I don't know what you do. There you
0: go. Okay. Thank you all for listening, and please tune in again. Again, we are Andrea Parker and
1: Jim Staros.
0: And we are CTU Speaks. Again, where we only speak what matters. Have a great week. Later.